I can invite you to remain standing, our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything to you, say that the Lord needs it. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, It's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. Now, if you turn your attention to the screen, we have a a short video that illustrates this morning's gospel from Matthew 21. Palm Sunday is the day when we celebrate Jesus' return to Jerusalem. It's a triumphant story that began in an ordinary way. On his way to town, Jesus did something bizarre. He stopped and asked two of his disciples to go to a nearby village called Bethpage to pick up a donkey. He even told them exactly where it was tied up. Although the two disciples didn't understand the request, they obeyed without question. Sure enough, there was a donkey, tied up right where Jesus said it would be. Still not knowing the bigger picture, they brought it back and they gave it to Jesus. They even threw their coats on top to make a makeshift saddle. Where are we going? They must have thought. But in classic Jesus fashion, he had a plan much bigger than they could imagine. Soon the whole crew was headed for Jerusalem. Jesus on the donkey and his disciples by his side. As they approached, people began to appear along the roadside. First a few, then many. One by one, they laid their coats and palm branches on the ground to form a path to Jerusalem. But why would they do this? Traditionally, when a king or queen visited, the city would roll out the red carpet. But Jesus was no ordinary king, and he certainly was not viewed as one by the religious leaders. The people by the road saw Jesus for who he was, the Son of God and the Savior of man. He was their king, and they were there to honor and worship him. Together, they shouted Hosanna, which means rescue or save us, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As you might imagine, the whole thing drew quite a crowd, and the commotion caught the attention of the Pharisees. These religious zealots resented Jesus, and they were furious to see him acknowledged as the Son of God. They demanded that he silence the crowd, to which he simply replied, even if they were quiet, the rocks would cry out. And then something fascinating happened. Jesus began to weep. You see, they were the ones who were most desperately longing for a savior. They had dedicated their lives to religious piety and had heralded the day that a king would return to save them. And here he was, and they couldn't even see him. What happens next is the rest of the story. But the significance of Palm Sunday remains more than just Jesus' journey into Jerusalem. 
It is a depiction of his boundless love for all people and the very reason why he proceeded to the cross. It is a triumphant story with the best chapter yet to come. You all here this morning as we're continuing our sermon series as we look at the places of the passion, locations in and around Jerusalem that uh, the final events of Jesus's life occurred. And so we go to these places and we remember where he celebrated the Passover feast, where he prayed in Gethsemane, where he was betrayed by Judas, appeared before Caiaphas and was questioned by Pilate and then condemned by the crowd. And so this morning's scripture, if you've been following long, actually jumps ahead of all of these other places that we've already ventured to. Because this morning's scripture is Palm Sunday, as we've already read and as we've seen in the video. And today we're looking at a place, a small community called Bethpage. Bethpage is the location listed in the Gospel of Matthew where the disciples went ahead of Jesus and got the donkey for Jesus to ride. In Matthew 21, verse 1, it says, When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, Go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will find a donkey tied up in a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. Location-wise, Bethpage was a small village somewhere near Bethany, which we actually looked at a few weeks ago here in the worship service. This is a helpful slide. It kind of shows a, a, I mean, this is obviously contemporary. It's an aerial from today, but you can see roughly where all of these little villages are in relation to Jerusalem and then also the Temple Mount. It's about two miles outside of Jerusalem. Now, if you were to go to Bethpage today, archaeologically, you would find very little. The exact location of Bethpage, we don't really know, and probably that's because people have gone and built modern structures over the more ancient structures and foundations that you would find if you were able to do so. Tradition and scripture, though, give us a rough location. Both say that this community is on the Mount of Olives, so it would be on this side of the the Temple Mount. There's another picture that, that you can see the route that they believe Jesus traveled. Also on the Mount of Olives is a church called the Church of Bethpage. This church signifies the events that happened on Palm Sunday. And actually an ancient pilgrim from the 4th century wrote, named Egeria, E-G-E-R-I-A, wrote that there was a church located in this place when this individual visited Jerusalem on a pilgrimage. And so as early as the 4th century, we know that there is documented writing of people that have accounted for a chapel or a church being in this place. Over this ancient church stands a more modern church. This is the front of the sanctuary. It's a rounded dome, and there's this painting in the, the front of the sanctuary that if you were to look at, the priest would be in standing you know, in front of it, and it would be the chancel. So it would be like our screen or, or stained glass window. The church today also has a stone in the middle of it called the Stone of Mounting. Here's a picture of it on the next slide. Tradition associates this stone with being the stone that Jesus stepped on in order to get on the donkey. Now, I don't know about you, either that was a really, really tall donkey, or who knows, but it's just tradition that associates it with that. In reality, you know, Jesus wouldn't have needed a a big stone to get on a donkey's back. But it's still there, it's in this chapel, and tradition says that that's what it is. 
But in our scripture today from Matthew 21, as we've read, Jesus picks two disciples and he tells them to please go ahead or to go ahead and to get the donkey that he is to ride into Jerusalem. He was very specific in telling them how they would find the donkey tied, how they would find a colt that belonged to this donkey next to it. The disciples did not fully understand. And I like in the video how it said in true Jesus fashion, he told them what to do without really telling them why they were doing it. See, the disciples didn't understand because my guess is that if they knew why Jesus needed the donkey to enter into Jerusalem in the way he was going to do, they might not have been as quick to go and get the donkey. They didn't know that, that an entry of this type would have, have set the wheels in motion. They did not anticipate that as Jesus approached, on the road from Bethpage towards Jerusalem to come into the, the walls of Jerusalem through one of the gates, that the locals would line up along the road and begin to shout Hosanna and lie palm fronds and their coats and other things on the ground in front of Jesus. They did not anticipate the threat that the th priestly establishment would see. They didn't realize that people would see Jesus coming in as a threat to the power of Rome and as a, a possible sedition against Rome being in Israel. My guess is if the disciples knew what was going to happen, I don't know if they would have been as quick to do what Jesus wanted them to do. But the scripture tells us they did. And that when Jesus entered the city, it says the whole city was stirred up. People said, who is this? The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And so on that very first Palm Sunday, that was the question. Who is Jesus? Who is this? And that's the question that everyone of us have had to answer for ourselves as we've thought of Jesus, as we've read his story, as we've read of his crucifixion and his resurrection and everything else that entails to his life and the gifts that he's offered you and I, we've had to answer for ourselves who is Jesus Christ. To some, Jesus is nothing more than, than a therapist who helps us cope with life's problems, who tells us how valuable we are and who encourages us not to be too hard on ourselves. To others, Jesus is a coach where he encourages us and pushes us and helps us to run faster and jump higher than our competitors. To some, he's a provider of cute phrases that we put on coffee cups and t-shirts or on memes and social media. To some, Jesus is just spiritual. And so he tells us how to connect with nature, to find the inner God or whatever it is that people go and find when they go in creation. And that Jesus tells us how to be spiritual without really doing anything or giving up anything beyond ourselves as we know that God calls us to do. For some, Jesus is a good luck charm. Something to carry, to have in our pocket, to, to have in our corner, and, and to just be there for if and when we need it. Brought out for when we need that little bit of extra luck to push us ahead or, or gain us the advantage or win us the prize. These are just a few examples of who some believe Jesus to be. 
But see, I think what we know, friends, is that Jesus is much more than each and every one of these things. Because the true Jesus that entered Jerusalem on a donkey, the true Jesus who died for us, the true Jesus who sacrificed himself for us and who resurrected is the Jesus that I am in relationship with you in and you are in relationship with. Because Jesus is the Word made flesh. God himself who chose to dwell among us, both fully God and fully human. And as the word that is made flesh, he is our humble king that we celebrate this morning. A king who comes, a king who goes before us, a king who has come out of his love for you and for me. Matthew 21 verse 5 quotes the words from the prophet Zechariah. Say to daughter Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. Wait, that's Matthew's words. Look at what Zechariah actually writes in the prophet Zechariah, book of Zechariah from the Old Testament, chapter 9, verse 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, sing aloud. Daughter Jerusalem, look, your king will come to you. He is righteous and victorious. He is humble and riding on an ass, the colt, the offspring of a donkey. And so Matthew's taking the exact words, isn't he, of Zechariah? That the people who are reading the Old Testament, that those who are faithful are looking ahead and anticipate the coming of the Messiah. They're looking for the coming of the Messiah. And Matthew is trying to draw them a direct picture and say, look, Jesus is the one that you are to believe in. We know that Matthew wrote his gospel towards those who had been in the Jewish faith, towards those who were practicing the Jewish faith. He's writing to fellow Jews. He was a faithful Jew himself. And so the purpose of his gospel is to help them to see how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So when Matthew lists these two things, he's saying, look, Jesus is exactly who you are looking for. Jesus is entering the city in the exact way that Zechariah told you that the, the Messiah would enter the city. Because Matthew wants us to see. That Jesus is righteous and he is victorious, but that he is a king who is also humble. Jesus is the king that Zechariah himself was prophesying. Jesus is the one that the people of Israel who were looking forward to and who were anticipating had come. And in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus tells the disciples and those who are listening the exact type of king that he was going to be himself. Because it's a different kind of king that Jesus says that he's going to be. In Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Jesus says the exact type of king he is going to be. He's a king who's going to be humble, He is a king who is going to help share our burdens. He is a king who is going to take more from us than he is going to ask of us. Because when we compare Jesus to all the other kings, his burden is light. Because his burden is forgiveness and hope and grace and everything else that you and I can receive from him. And so when he entered Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday... He's a picture of humility. 
enters in humility. Who come, he comes not to, to bark orders and to arrange an army, but he comes to wash feet. He comes to love, to forgive, to offer himself for our salvation. And this is the type of king that he is, a king like no other. And he entered Jerusalem not because he had to. He wasn't forced to do it, but he did it because it was part of God's plan. It was part of his plan. With a plan and a purpose, he entered Jerusalem to give himself up so that you and I might live. He ransomed himself, taking on himself the burden of sin so that you and I might receive forgiveness. Because he's the word made flesh. God who came not to be served, but to serve each of us. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is approached by the mother of Mary and John. This is right before uh, Jesus sends the disciples ahead as they're walking towards, uh, from Bethany on the Mount of Olives towards Bethpage, and he sends the disciples ahead to get the donkey. So James and John's mother comes up to Jesus, and she requests that Jesus place her sons on the right and the left side of God's throne, of his kingdom that he will reside, he will sit upon in the kingdom of God. And after responding to the request and resulting anger from the other disciples when they heard what was asked of Jesus, Jesus told all of them this, Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave. Just as the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. So even as the disciples are squabbling over which one of them is to be greatest, what does Jesus tell them? He tells them that the reason that he has come was not so that he himself can be considered great, but that he came to serve and to love, and to give his life to liberate many people. Because he's the Word made flesh. Jesus is the Word made flesh who came as a king to fight in a different way. He didn't enter Jerusalem to climb into a cage with the Roman army or to organize a legion of volunteers to fight the Romans. He came and his fight was a fight against sin and the power of death that it has over each of us. Matthew 21.10 says, The crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so he enters the city like he is triumphant, like he's one who's vanquished his foes. But when his crowd shouted Hosanna, they didn't know that the victory that they are celebrating was Christ's victory over sin and death. They didn't know that they were celebrating that Jesus was actually entering Jerusalem to fight the sin that each of them faced, to face the death that all of us face and who ultimately would win on the third day. That's because Jesus is the Word made flesh who entered the city of Jerusalem as a prophet, who knew that his very presence in that city would cause the priestly establishment and the Roman authorities to feel challenged and to feel threatened 
He knew his entry would gain the interest of Rome as they undoubtedly would see the crowds gather and they would wonder if the uprising was coming. All of the city, the scripture tells us, was shaken when Jesus entered Jerusalem. The religious establishment, the Roman authorities, and even the cities of Jerusalem, the citizens who looked ahead and who anticipated the coming of the Messiah. And so like the prophet Elijah who challenged King Ahab, like Jeremiah who called Jerusalem to repent. Like the other prophets who called out to God, Jesus shook up Jerusalem and he entered the city by calling people to return to God. He entered the city as a triumphant king who was betrayed, who was tried, and who would be crucified a short time later. But it all started in Bethpage. The final act in the life of Jesus that, that set into motion all the things that we will remember in this coming week as we practice and observe Holy Week together began in this small, insignificant town outside Jerusalem called Bethpage. His entry into Jerusalem was an indicator for us for who he is, for who he was, and for who Jesus was going to be for each and every one of us. A king. A king of humility. A king of service. A king who uses his position. And instead of drawing our eyes to him, he draws and points our eyes to God. As we shout Hosanna as we sing our praises to God, and as we use this day to invite God to change our lives, to change our day, and to change our world. For Christ has come. Hosanna. Amen.